Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast with Benji Nice, and this is our UAE Tour 2021 preview show. We know you love the race previews. We love doing them too. We just got so geared up offline going through the profiles in advance. But before we get to all that excitement, let's quickly talk about some big news for us on the podcast. You'll know them from last year, our first and only sponsor. We're selected with who we bring on as sponsors. You know that with my YouTube channel and with the pod, but our first and only sponsor from last year, LaCole, are back for all of 2021 as our show partner supporting the podcast. You already know that from seeing them on the logo and in the description, but we're waiting for the first World Tour Racing to be back to announce that. So big thanks to LaCole for supporting the pod and making it possible. It's also made possible by the response from you, the audience, last year when... You know, we brought on a sponsor for the first time. I'm not, it's not something I've done frequently before. Uh, I'm not promoting things on my Instagram story every day for people to buy. And the response from you, the audience, was incredible. You think you really enjoyed uh, having a brand partnership that was slightly different in that they brought guests to the podcast. LaCole came and organized, sorted out interviews with World Tour writers during Grand Tours for us, Peo Bilbao, uh, namely one of them, and then he went on to attack a few days later. But they've got big plans for 2021. They're soldiering on despite COVID and Brexit and all of those sort of things. Doesn't matter. They, uh, they've had a really busy couple of months and there's some big announcements coming out in the next week or so. But if you want to check out LaCole's kit, you can check them out at www.lacole.com. .co.uk. Link is in the description down below. I think if you join their Strava club, there's some pretty good deals on there as well. I've got a massive Strava community. But anyway, on to the UAE tour. Speaking of stacked, well, stacked, this is this field is stacked, Benji. <laughs> what about this? Tour de France champion, Tadej Pogaccia, former Tour de France or multi-Tour de France champion, Chris Froome. Are you surprised by how strong this field is? Am I misremembering? Is it normally this strong, Benji, or are they? Is it slightly stronger than normal, particularly Ineos? Usually, it's actually quite a strong field because I think one of the aspects of the UAE Tour is that it's often seen as the first real race where you see the best sprinters in the world race against each other on sometimes the most flat and most wide roads in the entirety of a. Uh, of the preseason, I guess. And this brings forward so much attention to the sprints itself. So that's one aspect, the sprints. When it comes to climbing, you obviously got pretty good climbers as well at these races. This race has a pretty big history. It started as separate races with the Dubai Tour and so forth. And it all came together a bit. And eventually the UAE Tour now is the uh, the current name with uh, two mountain stages now. That's something they didn't do like two, three years ago. And uh, a time trial, which I don't remember that they had last year, but I could be wrong. So all in all, it's uh, it's going to be a pretty amazing ride, I think. It's it's a race that often goes a bit under the radar because it's in the preseason. But I really do enjoy this race. And perhaps, I don't know, perhaps some people are like offset by the uh, limited amount of spectators there by the side of the road. But I still think it's very much a worthy race to watch particularly because it has multiple pure bunch sprints. So we can see across the week, across the seven stages, 
the tactics maybe develop or change from the sprinters teams and lead outs reacting to what might have happened in the earlier stages i really like that it's also now we're going to get into it now uh one of the easiest stages to define what sort of stage it will be <laughs> and i'm telling you right now it's either gonna, the stages will either be pancake flat sprint and maybe if you're lucky some crosswinds this is out of the seven stages so there's one first stage is exactly like that second stage 13k itt third stage mountaintop finish fourth stage pancake flat bunch sprint fifth stage up to jebel jace another mountaintop finish stages six and seven pancake flat bunch sprints so punchers need not apply that's why benji when we have a look at this start list there are no punchers here are there there's no he or she there's no cosnefroi there's no alaphilippe no um shachman even like a punchier guy who can go for a one-week gc that's why you're not seeing those riders here it's either pure gc guys or sprinters and uh got to be a pretty brave man to try and get in a breakaway <laughs> this week <laughs> i think but wh wh who are the gc favorites benji if you want to pick them out from a few of the teams um all the world tour teams are here obviously and uh no there's no pro conti teams just all world tour yes the first name i oh well obviously the name that everybody's looking at at the moment for the uae tour is Tadej Pogacar, last year obviously to the France winner, but also I think second in the UAE tour last year after uh, after Yates. And he's usually pretty decent in February. I think Algarve or was it Valenciana, one of the two last year, was yes. a pretty great result. I think it was Valenciana. And um, he also was good at Algarve two years ago. So every single year he's pretty good at the start of the season in February. We are... Don't know what the difference is going to be during the season regarding last season. We had half a season, but basically condensed in the latter part. And this year, it looks to be more spread out at the moment. So it's interesting to see riders go back to their preparations of pre-2020 and look into how that's going to lead from the UAE Tour into the other races that are upcoming. And Pogacar, obviously, is one of the names you need to put down. He's got the time trial for the 13K kilometer tram trial yeah that sentence was great and um, we've obviously got the two mountain stage we'll dive into in a second here that will certainly suit him the thing about Pogacar is that he's not scared to attack and we've often seen in the UAE tour that riders who are not necessarily the favorite at the start decide to attack a bit earlier and eventually end up almost winning the stage or winning the stage in the end and taking time in GC that way and I think that really helps Pogacar. The thing that doesn't help him is that everybody's going to be looking at him because, well, he's won the Tour de France. And that might offer opportunities for other riders. And perhaps I'd, I'd like to let you talk about Pogacar first before I dive into a rider that I see as, a, as someone who will do well here, and that's Anamiet. Well, it's his home race in that he's on UA Team Emirates. It's a big, it's a really big deal for them, much bigger than last year um he's they've got the tour de france champion it's going to be sort of a kind of like that first game after a an nba team wins a championship when they i what's the ceremony americans will let me know the ceremony when they um give them all the rings etc maybe we'll see something like that and i think there might be a little bit of pressure on him he didn't win last year second yates destroyed them on her feet put a minute into everybody 
uh, after a long, a lot of attacks on that climb, I think stage three, Pagachi won stage five. There was only five stages last year. You'll remember a lot of, this was the start of COVID really with the, the shit hitting the fan when riders got stuck in UAE having to quarantine in, um, in hotel rooms for a long period of time. And we, everyone, a lot, lot more uncertainty back then. That was the, the UAE tour last year, which Adam Yates won. But yeah, I think Pagacha, maybe a little bit of pressure on him actually, to do well here um, because, yeah, he's the Tour of France champion. He didn't win last year and he they're going to want to show the world that their team is the best. Uh, they big logistical exercise, getting everybody, all the teams across to the UAE. I know they chartered flights, I think, Benji, from Paris and Milan uh, last night or yesterday. I can't remember. They're bringing their TT bikes as well, right? So there's the TT so that's just a massive undertaking for everybody flying out to the UAE and um, it's for them to and yeah they're just going to want their man to do well and they've put a team you look at the team they put around him Formolo, Polance, Micah and Bjerg and Gavidia's just got the one man pure lead out man it, it kind of shows the direction the team is taking uh, for this UAE tour other fa- or do you think there's any pressure on Pagacha Benji or, or not? Do you think he even do you think he'll care about it? I think there's a lot of pressure on him, but Pogacar seems to be the writer that doesn't really care at all about pressure, does he? Like uh, I don't he, know. When's he had yeah. pressure on him before? I don't know, but like last year in the Tour de France, like he didn't have the pressure of like outside, but probably in the team they had a lot of pressure on him in the last week. But all in all he seems like no, the guy they, that mate, they, they wrote him off all the time. They told him they were gonna. They, that Colnago was sending him the white Colnago for Champs Elysees stage, <laughs> and he said, "Are you fucking yeah. kidding? Get the yellow one ready." <laughs> yeah, I, do, I don't think Pogacar is a rider that does that feels much pressure, even even if yeah, the I, d- I don't disagree. Anymore. I was just playing devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do think like that. Not necessarily the pressure on him, but the fact that. Everything has changed surrounding him. Last year, he was not the favorite in the races he rode. He was an outsider, let's say. And yes. this year, he is there as the head favorite, and that offers opportunities for other riders to shine. And there's one rider I mentioned him earlier that I do see trying to profit off of this, and it's a rider that attacks always relatively early compared to everybody else because he's basically got nothing to lose as an outsider despite winning the race last year, and that's Adam Yates. And I think that. Ineos is here with a very strong team as well to either support Yates or Sosa. I don't know what to expect from Sosa, even if he won Chalet-Renar last week, because Sosa is so inconsistent throughout the year that it's so difficult to guess whether he's going to do well or not. And therefore, I might generally say that I trust Yates more for the UAE Tour than Sosa. Is that something you agree with or disagree with? Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. Because uh, I... We'll get into the profiles in a second and then talk about our picks afterwards, I think. But yeah, I agree. Let, let's not let's get into our picks afterwards. I won't foreshadow too much what I was going to say. Um, but yeah, GC contenders for Ineos, Yates, Sosa, and Filippo Ganna, question mark. Some people try to tell me he could be. I mean, we're about to see how he does on the climb. So you know my, uh, my view on it is my view on it is a strong no. We'll, we'll get into the why that's <laughs> my view in a second. Uh, as you deserve, kind of a mixed team. I think they're going to struggle to make an impression on the race. Alpes and Phoenix, they've got Van der Poel, Philipsen, 
and sprint train, we're going to see whether Benji is correct and that Philipson will get opportunities. I presume they're going to ride for him in the sprints and then the stages don't really suit Van der Poel at all if he's I not contesting the punch sprints. Yeah, he's here for the money or what, Benji? I think one of the things we noticed last season is that Van der Poel's weakness as lead-out was his positioning. He was always kind of bringing his sprinter, Merlier, in that year forward and trying to worm his way into impossible gaps to try and push forward, but Merlier could not follow that because Merlier... And not smoothly either. Yeah. Not smooth, Um, like hard acceleration. Yeah, exactly. And because Merlier doesn't want to uh, have his life taken away because of Van der Poel's crazy maneuvers in the last two kilometers, he's likely not on the wheel when Van der Poel makes that acceleration. And stuff like that, I don't think that will happen on this race because the character of UAE Tour is that there's so wide roads and like it's a wide road from city to city and there's like basically no steep corners in there so I really believe that except for the final stage that his lead out from Vanderpool could be really powerful here because there's on paper so much space to push through and so much space to make a gap for their sprinter Phillips in it. and I think that we might be seeing something along the lines of we once had a, a lead out by Sagan for Ackermann two years ago in some low-key race. I don't remember which race or where in the season even, but it pretty much destroyed the peloton because Sagan's lead out was so powerful for Ackermann. And I think Van der Poel did that once last year as well from earlier in one of the uh, smaller races on the year before. I don't remember. And I think we might see that with Philipson and, and Van der Poel here because, well, Quite simply, there's such a wide road and Vanderpool's uh, flat power compared to, uh, I don't know. I don't know who I can compare it to, to be honest. Let's say Shane Archibald. Archibald. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How do we like name the same rider? <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. GC for Astana, Lutschenko, I think that's their main focus. Bahrain will be going double GC, maybe even three with Caru- Caruso. Is Benji's going to pick him for a sneaky top 10 just I don't even need him to say it uh, at this point. But yeah, they got Poles, Caruso and Haig should suit them. All They should all be comp- like pretty solid going for top 10 on GC. Sprinters, Milan and oh, and Wright, I think will be leading out Phil Bauhaus, who won the other week. Bora is kind of set up the same way as uh, UAE. They've got the pure sprinter, Ackerman, with a couple of lead-out men, Lars Schwarzman and Benedetti, and then they've also got Konrad Buchmann and the first appearance of the mountain biker Ben Zweihoff. And so we'll see how he goes. This should actually really suit him, UAE Tour, because it's wide roads and simple riding. Flat and then mountaintop finish. Uh, it's not... Yeah, I mean, they'll be the run into the position to base the climb, but yeah, not as bad. Kovadis sprinting for Viviani. We'll see what Benji has a take on whether this might suit Viviani, so they're set up to sprint for him. De Koenig mixed as well. They've got their sprinter Sam Bennett with uh, four lead-out men, Archbold, Kavneo, Mazen, uh, Morco, and... Oh, no, rather three lead-out. Oh, and Kaiser. And then they got Almeida with Masnada supporting. Almeida for GC, one would think. EF, Uran, Bissiger, Guerrero, Igita. I really want to see how Igita goes in the TT and these mountaintop finishes, see if he's back from his injury last year. Uran, sneaky top 10, definitely on the cards. FTJ, 
Volta and Barilati to watch on the mountaintop finishes, see how they go with the big boys. Other than that, not too much to write home about. Noano Dumas, he's he's uh he's skipping out on the sprinters early season champs, Benji. Don't know what to say Ooh. about that. Yeah. <laughs> Intermarche, God Minali is a sprinter, Mikey's as a GC man, one would think. See how he goes. But now, Benji, sorry, I had, to, I had to rush through all them, otherwise we'll never get this done. Israel Startup Nation, the big man. Chris Froome, his first race for ISU. On the disc, will he make them will he make them give him a rim break bike for the mount top finishes? <laughs> how do you think how do you think uh their team how do you think Froome will go, Benji? You think there's gonna be much fanfare about it? <laughs> I don't know. I sometimes I do hope that I that we see a good result from him here. I don't know what to expect. He mentioned a few weeks ago, I think it was two weeks ago, that last season, after the season, they did a new checkup on him and they uh, found some new issues that they fully resolved now. So according to that, he's 20% better, is what the words were in that interview, than at the end of last year or something. So I'm... Uh, I'm hoping that's true because I, I always kind of feel bad if someone gets injured and then can't really come back to top form. So it would be cool to see him uh, battle out with the greats. Doesn't need to win before that. But I'm, I'm still looking forward to it. I think that he's going to be top 20 <laughs> on the climb. And the reason I'm not saying higher is because Froome was never a great early season. And therefore, I just don't expect it this time either. Even if his form is good throughout the season, I think that he's got the big trouble that a new generation is arising and it's going to make it really hard for him to succeed in the comeback he's making. And I don't see it happening in this UAE tour. I mean, yeah, it looks to me like he's doing a cookbook collaboration in Santa Monica the last month and a half. So how that will go compared to the altitude camps of some of the other boys, um, not sure. So not holding my breath for a good result from Froome. They've also got Zabel, Rick Zabel for the sprint. Um, and Greipel's there, I don't know, to it's lead him out, I guess. Yumbo Visma, Sepp Kuss, his big GC opportunity. See how he goes with a TT where he will be riding 100% for himself. No excuses. Jonas Vingegaard will be watching closely too. As well as David Decker for the sprints. I think he might get himself involved and get a few top fives looking after himself. Uh, Lotto Sudal, Caleb Ewan for the sprints. Nothing more to say there. He's going to win a few of them. That's how it is. Movistar Valverde, I think he came top 10 last year. And Mulberger's fourth first appearance. I really want to see how Mulberger goes on the climbs and on the, uh, on the Canyon TT bike after being on the Shiv. Bike exchange. The sprints probably suit Caden Groves. Good flat, like pure flat sprinter. Other than that, not a particularly strong team. Uh, Colioni, interested to see how he goes in the sprints. And maybe Schultz could climbs, go okay on... Sorry, on the climbs. Colioni's climbing. Yep, sorry. He came second, I think, on a baby Giro stage. DSM, I think, are going for Case Bowl in the sprints. And that's about it, really. Um, I think Case Bowl's better than Dainese. Uh, do you disagree with me, Benji? That they're not going to go for Bowl? I think it should go to go for Bull considering last season, but I don't know what Dainese's role is going to be. Is he going to be part of that sprint reign or is he going to be a second sprinter for the team? I know last year at a certain point they sprinted with two people in the same in this game group, right? But I don't remember who it was. 
wasn't it in Turino or something that we, they were sprinting with like two riders? Anyway, Nikias aren't probably going to be lead out. Osbjorn Kro Andersen, uh, I think it's family or brother of, uh, of Søren, yep. who is also going to be part of that sprint train. I don't know who their fourth man in that sprint train is going to be. Is it Dainese? Is it the likes of a Florian Stork or an Arendsmann? Arendsmann sprinted pretty decently at um, Provence, something like that, one of the early season races here. And therefore, I do see him doing well in the lead-out train as well. So, yeah, I'm curious, what if there was a Hattedam stage this year, like last season? Then I, I would have been so curious to see what Arendsmann could do on that train, but... There's not, so uh, unfortunately, that is not the case. I love Hatanam. Anyway, Quebec Assos, next team on the menu. Mizolo here as sprinter. He already won once so far. That was Almeria, yes. And he's got his lead-out train here, Walshide. They've got Peluki for that as well. I think a friend of Mizolo as well. Harry Tanfield probably going to be a fourth man in that train um, to kind of set the speeds before they do anything, but... With teams like this, we're often saying like, ooh, this rider has fourth man in the train, but there's only so many trains that can form in a sprint. And I don't think Quebec Assos is going to be the, the really big train that we're looking for. I think we're likely going to Disagree. see different teams control the sprint. Yeah, tell me. Disagree. Well, you got Lotto strong, but Lotto like to come late. De Koenig have Archbold, Kaiser, Merku, Cataneo, not their strongest. No Askren for long, for setting the pace from long. Um, Archbold didn't like what I saw last year. Ackerman has Schwarzman, Lars, Benedetti. Not that much. We've all, remember, we've got small teams, seven teams. Half of the sprint teams are going for GC as well, being De Koenig and Bora. Uh, UAE with Gavidia. He's got Recese, that's it. So I don't think there are many big trains. I think. Quebec Assos have a nice mix with Tanfield, more of an engine guy, setting pace from long. Then, yeah, Paluki, Lassenorman, Hansen, I think is a track guy. Volscheid, great, I think on paper should be a really good lead-out man. I think it's been pretty good. So, yeah, I think Quebec Assos have a great lead-out, actually. And it's all a look good at Almeria, and I think he was going to be thought of as clearly a top guy last year before his injury, which came at a really bad time after that crash. So that's my reasoning, Benji. Yep. Okay. I'll take it. But still, don't think it's going to happen. Vincenzo <laughs> Nibali, who's uh, always pretty weak early season, so I don't expect anything in the way tour. Um, top 45. Let's say he's going to end 37 in GC. That's a nice spot. Um, Moschetti for the sprints. Lippens yeah. as a lead out, I think. Yeah, it's going to yeah, court lead out. Court is yeah, third man or something. Yeah. But Moschetti could go pretty well. Moschetti yeah. could go okay on these flat sprints, you know. He was good early season last year. Uh, Moschetti in Playa de Palma, I think, where he beat Akamon head on. Um, he always true, gets injured, though, so call. I hope he can really yeah. evade injuries from this point onward and can really shine as a sprinter because he's always been talented but never got, was able to show it. But uh, I'll give it to you for ending our team section here. Oh, yeah, that, that's all the teams and the, the main riders uh, to think about. But let's talk about the stage profiles now. Um, first stage, pure bunch sprint. It's not from Aldafra Castle to Almirfa. 176Ks. I think it goes along the coast for the last while. There's two intermediate sprints. Not sure if there's bonus seconds. Uh yeah, I guess we'll talk about who we think is the best sprinters at the end because there's no point 
giving different answers for different sprints. Stage two ITT, 13 kilometers long, very twisty. If you go on, if you can see this, maybe if you look at the YouTube video of this uh, TT, it's uh, I don't know how many turns in these 13 Ks, but obviously Ganner's the favorite. That's all there is to say, really. Do you think it's you think it's clear he's going to win, Benji? Yeah, I think it's pretty clear to be honest. I think that yeah, there's perhaps a few people that could do decently here, but I don't think anyone's going to come close at all to uh to our well, there's, there's not even a Soren Kraa Anderson here, is there? Yeah, I think the it's, time trial it, competition yeah. in his previous time trial this season was better. Yeah, and it was harder for him with the climb, so. Pretty clear gunner victory, or unless the turns cause him problems, which nah. he seems to be a per- he seems to be a perfectly fine bike handler to me. So um, Mikael Bjerg is fine and showed okay results in some TTs last year. But so the the stage winner is going to be less interesting if all goes to plan compared to the GC TT battle. Will Pagacha show himself as you know, will he come top five, Benji? That's my question to you. Does Pagacha come top five in this pancake flat 13K prologue plus length ITT? I think he's not going to end top five. I think he's going to end like seventh or eighth or ninth, but not too far off top five. I just think that with these prologues, we might see the actual riders who are hunting for these, these prologue and time trial stages to come out on top. And perhaps yeah, the GC riders can be a bit behind it, and also because Pogacar should not be peaking around this period. I know last year you were like, oh, peaking does not exist, oh, but I think that... <laughs> it um... doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> sure, sure, buddy. Um, then uh, the time trial in UAE were like, yeah, I don't think Pogacar should be in a <laughs> in a form to win it all, and uh, therefore I don't expect him to to win the time trial or top five, and I think he's going to be not too far off, but it won't be his best TT of his life. I think top five lock for Pagacha. Um, I think Bissiger top five lock. Swiss rider on EF. He came third in Bink Bank in a strong TT field with some turns too last year in 2020. Mathieu van der Poel, Benji. If we're talking about talented riders, if someone that could actually beat, uh, beat Ghana, his TT is just not quite good enough is it like he lost 10 13 seconds to Kra Anderson in a 10k or 8k flat TT last year I don't think he can do it either I'm not expecting a top five I think Bissig is okay though what about Jos van Enden you got him as well Dowsett um I'm just trying to find some some names some power guys that might surprise yeah, no, yeah. Oh, Almeida Almeida Benji is Almeida top five yeah he is but yeah no wins no 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 i know we've accepted that i'm saying for the gc for the gc guys who is going to do well or who who else might we see filling out that top five slots or you expect i think this is where he's going to be um where he's going to be shining certainly and pushing a bit to force a bit of an edge on the on the other climbers in this in this story and i think that will be like that for all the GC fa- well favorites well GC riders that are here that are pushing for this GC that they're gonna try and get an edge on the time trial obviously I think it will work better for like Almeida because he was throughout last season together with Pogachar the riders who surprised most on time trials during the season for their GC in total and I think he can gain a solid amount of time on 
let's say, a rider like Adam Yates, who is not necessarily the best time trialist in the world. So, yeah, I think uh, the time trial can give them a bit of an edge, but I don't think it's going to be all deciding necessarily. I think that the climbing stages that are coming after the time trial will do more damage. Who do you think is going to be the best placed GC rider in the TT? Or do they have the best time? Joao Almeida. I think his preseason last season was good. And I think that he... I think that it honestly does kind of fit in the terrain all in all because the climbs are not the, the very steep kind. They're the, the decent, steady gradient ones. And having a time trial before that certainly improves his, his chances of doing well. And he will likely be closer to that Leader jersey, I forgot which color it is in the OE tour, but to that leader jersey. Orange or yellow or something? Orange, maybe? Don't you remember, to be honest? No, it's TDU. Yeah, I think I actually agree with you. To be honest, I think Almeida, yeah, should do a good TT um, here, but I think Pogaccio will do well as well. Froome, I don't see it. Sosa will lose a lot of time, and Yates, who knows, but should be just okay. And I'll get into why I think Almeida is a good shot for GC in a second. Stage 3 from Strata Manufacturing to Jebel Hafid, 166Ks, pancake flat until the final climb of Jebel Hafid, 10.6Ks at 6.9%. Sounds steep-ish, 7%, but this is where it suits Almeida, as Benji mentioned. The first 8Ks are steep-ish, we've got 8.4Ks, 9.9Ks for the fourth kilometre, 8.4Ks, but then the last 3Ks gradient, 3.9, 5.6, 0.4 for the last 600 metres. So you better attack early and distance Almeida, who's a decent climber, I mean that's understating it, if you want to keep that gap because the last 3Ks aren't very hard. Bear in mind, if you want to get that gap in the 4k after a 3rd k that's only 5% gradient where drafting still still really important you've just done a stage where everyone's been sitting in the whole day so what, how do you think this climb will play out Benji because I, I think it's going to be a, a reduced bunch mountaintop finish sprint yeah it's kind of difficult I think that we're going to see it's 10 kilometers, so it's not the longest one. I think that you can't really say that somebody's going to attack early and it might stick. But last season, I do think that worked out for Yen. So, hmm. I think it's going to be... Oh, this is so difficult to think about. It's been a while since we've predicted mountain stages. <laughs> but I'm going to say that we're going to see a three-man group sprint for it in the end. Okay, like kind of like when it was Luch- kind of like when it was Lushenko, Pogacar, and Yates, yep. I think, last year. Three yep. man group sprinting. Something yeah, in yeah, that, that, in that form. Yeah, yeah. I think that's possible too. I, I think one man attacking at the ba- you know, a third of the way up, staying away seems very, very unlikely to me because if that's the case, there are fairly strong teams here with strong climbing support that can chase that back. If Pogacar attacks early, I know he's good, but Sosa Martinez Amador for Yates, you know, he's going to need to be on some crazy level to stop them chasing him down. Um, but who knows? Same applies in the reverse. If, if Yates attacks, he's got Micah, Polance, and Formolo to, to close it down. So it would need to be multiple riders from the main GC teams in order to uh, 
to stay away. Stage yeah, four, pancake also, flat wait, 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 wait. Oh, yes. This is also the reason, Jabal Hafid, that I don't think Yana can, can actually do GC in this Oh, yes, good point, Benji, yes. I think in the time trial, he can definitely gain time on everybody and, like, a proper amount of time between, like, 10 and 45 seconds towards GC riders. Um, yes. I think if Probably it 30. was only... Yeah, very possible. I think if it was only Jabal Yais, who comes later into this UAE tour, which is a not as steep but longer climb, steady grained as well, then he could do well. But I think this is too steep. And I think this will be too explosive for Ghana to uh, follow with the big guns and thus secure AGC. If it was solely one climb in this entire UAE tour, I would have said, go for Ghana, Enios. But with his Jabal feet, I don't see it possible to be honest. I agree. I agree. And it's a great point. Because when you look at the climbs, he did fairly, he did better than expected last year in Giro. They were like Jabal Yais. They were 20Ks, 5%. And literally, you look at every K, it's 5%. And, you know, perfect for Rowan Dennis. And fine for Ghana, depending on the pace it's done. But this climb, as I mentioned, and if you watched the UAE Tour last year, the irregular gradients, some steep, some almost flat, means it is explosive, as Benji says, is sort of completely slow, and then attacks. Compl nothing and then attack. I don't think that suits Ghana. I think it suits the, yeah, the pure climbing guys. And they got Yates here. So I don't even think he's going to, depending on his gap, in the TT, I'm not even sure it's something he's going to try. I think Terreno is where we're going to see what he can do uh, if he's in the leader's jersey going into that last mountaintop finish. Now, I think it'd be interesting if they'd reverse the mountaintop, the mountains stages at UAE Tour. Yep. If he was Good in point. GC leader's jersey, I think they would ride full to protect it if they had the uh, Jibel Jays first. Okay. Good point, Benji. Sorry, stage four, long stage, 204Ks. Almajan Island to Almajan Island. They do a loop. There's some... Uh, no, not really. It's pretty flat. We're going to say there's some hills among the terrain. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, I saw on the Flam Rouge profile, there's a couple of... They go up to 20 metres. So there's a, it's actually... It's a it's a highway interchange. Is the biggest hill. They go to 26 metres. Um, so... Uh, that doesn't make a difference. Pancake flat sprint stage. Uh, and there's a U-turn in the last K or so, apparently, or a couple of Ks. Um, but stage five, Benji, you mentioned it. What, what's it look like? So we go from Fujaira to uh, Jebel Jais. It's a longer climb, above 20 kilometers. But the percentages only go to like 5.4%, so very, very steady. It's not like there is a peak of like 11 to 12% throughout the climb. It's... It's basically a highway up a mountain, and I'm not even joking there. It's literally a highway up a mountain. That's for every climb in this in this race, by the way. And um, quite simply, I think that, like you mentioned, it would have been so interesting to see if they switched both these climbs around and had Jabal Yais first, because you know on Jabal Yais that it's harder to make an explosive move because the gradients are not there. You're going to basically be allowed to have a Ineos train on this kind of terrain to bring your rider to the line. But if we compare that to Jabal Hafid earlier, who is, which is like a, a much deeper climb, then if you switch these climbs around in the parkour, it would have, would have been such a better race because you'd have like on the first stage, Yais, you'd have just a simple, yeah, a simple train going up a mountain, which you're also going to have right here. But the difference is that now the deciding 
mountain stage for me still feels like it's Jabal Hafid, even if it's earlier in the race. And perhaps you might see some attacks on this one, but it's going to be so much harder to make a difference on this stage than it would have been if Jabal Hafid was the last one. I think this stage really suits someone like Conrad or uh, Almeida, but it depends. If Pagach is five seconds down on GC, I don't think he's going to settle for second. I think he'll go, he'll attack and attack and attack and attack. Um, so, yeah, I think this suits someone like maybe even Ruben Guerrero, who's not a threat on GC. Maybe if he's lost, if Guerrero's lost a lot of time on GC and attacks with 4Ks out, he could be an option. I think Igita is a ma- Igita's huge option here. And I think, depending if his form is like it was in Colombia last year, I think he has to be. Um, has to be the stage favorite just about i remember stage four i think it was in tour colombia last year um and colombia has very similar stages that are quite polarized and it's just like a long drag too and um he's nasty in a reduced bunch sprint at the top of a mountain Igita. so he's to, one to uh, definitely watch out yeah to prove my point 2019 stage six Jabal jais a nine-man group, well, let's say an 11-man group was sprinting for it in the end. So it's not like you can make a huge difference on top of this climb. Do you believe that there's a capability for riders like, let's say, we saw in the Giro on the Sestri Air stage that Vendrame can climb. Do you think Vendrame could hold on on Jais and try and sprint at the end of Jais? No, I think it's going to be more someone like uh, Harm van Hoeker. From Lotto, remember Etna? Mm-hmm. So Etna is similar, stage three zero. Etna, I mean, nah, Etna has steeper stuff, I'll be honest, but it was the same thing. It was all the GC guys gone, just attacking each other relentlessly, if you remember. Um, and Kelderman actually got away, but there were three guys up the road Visconti, I think Caicedo, and Harm van Hoeke. And I think that feel, sort of fits in with my... I don't think it's going to be someone like Vendrame, but I think someone like who can climb on their day on a not-a-hard stage. Um, what about Sepp Kuss, Benji? We haven't mentioned him enough. The Americans will be like, what the hell? Did we not mention Sepp Kuss on Jabel Jais uh, or Jabel Hafid? We should I really... Think, think well, how do you think he's going to go? I think he might do well, but his thumb troll is probably not good enough to stick himself close enough to... To perhaps even compete for GC here, unless he gains a lot of time on on Hafid, and I don't know. I think that Hafid's the only place where Kills can make a difference, not Jais. And I, I just, I don't see it for GC. I perhaps see it for the stage win on Hafid. I got a young rider, Benji. Good prospect. Um, uh, it's a pretty hot take. He's Jonas? sometimes good in in mountaintop finishes. Um, in a reduced bunch sprint. Bala Balin Alejandro Valverde. Yeah. How do you think he's going to go? Fuck Pre-season, I know it's not in Spain. <laughs> I just trolled you so hard. Yeah, you, you probably did. think I was going to talk, talk about Antonio Tiberi on track. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to say something like Vingegaard because... Yeah, no, no, Vingegaard, seriously. Yeah, yeah Vingegaard's quality too, but maybe not this good if Pogaccio and Co are there, but... Valverde, if he's if he is on any decent form at like forty one years old, again same way Igita would be a favourite. It's got to suit Valverde too. Um, but Almeida, it's just I don't know. It'd be 
I think it might be a boring stage, but then we'll have an exciting last kilometer with riders like Almeida, Pagacha, Igita, Valverde all trying to compete for that that sprint at the end of the mountain. Um, stage six to Palm Jumeirah. I think I've seen that on Instagram a few times. Um, it's a pancake flat bunch sprint. Again, two intermediate sprint points, and the same pretty much applies to stage seven which is from Yas Mall to Abu Dhabi Breakwater, 147k stage, two intermediate sprints, and uh, maybe might be exposed to the wind, hope it will be. We talked a lot about GC Benji, there's four pure sprints in this race. Who do you think is gonna be the top dog? Do you think anyone's gonna win multiple sprints? Uh, who do you think will be the best train? Because uh, I have my view. I think we're gonna see multiple riders from other teams end up winning stage. I think I see a stage win, hap- stage win happening from Philipson. I believe he can prove himself in this terrain. He usually does get at least one like stage win early season. I think with a lead out like Vanderpool on wide roads, that might definitely be in the cards. I hope to see a surprise victory by Davi Decker. But when it comes to the top dog, it's difficult to look past you and to win a stage. I think that Caleb Ewan's definitely going to take home at least one stage. I think we're going to have four different stage winners for the sprints. Is that a hot take? No, I, di- I disagree. I think Bennett, Ewan, two each, and Ackerman, multiple top threes, Viviani, a couple of top threes, Decker, top three, um, and that'll be that. I think maybe Groves will be up there, but I think Ewan and Bennett are too good, um, and Ackerman, we'll see. We'll see. I think I don't think these suit Philipson, but I've been wrong before. Case bold Dutch fans will be saying, "Big guy," but um, I guess I got to continue my negative my negative takes against Case Bold. Why why stop now after the Tour de France last year? So yeah, I don't think Case Bold's winning a stage either. Oh, actually, I, I take it back. I think Nitsolo is going to take one. I think Nitsolo's quality and uh, you look good at Almeria. So you and Nitsolo Bennett will be the ones really mixing it up, maybe Ackerman too, if he launches at the right time. I just think pure flat sprint, Benji, Ewan and Ben are just too, they're just too quick. I don't think the other guys are on their level. I think it's clear separation between them and the others. Yeah, but I do see like early season as an opportunity for others to, to shine through because this is the point where they shouldn't be on point yet when it comes to their schedule and I I actually think that we're going to see four different stage winners on these five, four, no, four sprint stages. So a uh, different winner each sprint stage. And generally it wouldn't surprise me if that happens because we've got so many... Like, if you look back in the past, Cavendish days, there was such a huge gap between between the top dog yeah. and like, I wish, the rest. I wish, this was, <laughs> I wish this was Abu Dhabi tour with Kittle and the next best sprinter was like, I don't know. It all too late. <laughs> My dad. Um, <laughs> and then <laughs> we could just be like, Kittle's going to win every sprint and then end the podcast. But unfortunately, and no, actually not unfortunately. Fortunately, it's a little bit more uh, complicated than that. Bissiga, Benji? What about Bissiga? It's not hard enough, these stages? They get blown away? Meh. I don't, Meh. I don't Vendrame, see that thing. Again, Vendrame, not hard enough? Not for, not for pure sprints. If there was something like Hatadam here, that would fit so perfectly with Vendrame, but flat sprints are no-go for me for Vendrame. Uh, I really think that we're going to see the top guns fight each other and that 
out of those, the ones that can surprise are the likes of a David Decker, uh, who has not performed at World Tour ever because it's his first race for Jumbo and his first World Tour race. So pretty cool stuff for him. And I truly believe that Decker might be one of the riders that I see becoming a top dog in sprints in the coming years. And why not open it up on the first race? You ride for Jumbo, right? Gavidia, we've not mentioned him, Benji. He's on the home team. We, you, I've not liked the look of what I've seen from Gavidia, and I don't think he's... thing is, if he's on form, he's actually one of the riders good enough to beat Ewan and Bennett straight up. But uh, I don't like the shape of his form at the moment, unfortunately, and he doesn't have a, much of a lead out either. Now get on to our predictions for GC, Benji. Um, Pagacha is the prohibitive favourite. He's at $2 odds on Betfair just about at the time of recording on Friday uh, morning or afternoon European time. Other favourites, Almeida, Yates, Sosa, I guess. Koos, Froome, who am I missing? Run, Bookman, Conrad. Conrad should go nice, I think, top. Top six or seven, he should be targeting. But who are you picking for GC, Benji? I think I'm going to. Um, everybody's going to pick Pogachar, so I don't feel like picking Pogachar. Me either. <laughs> I think that Pogachar is going to finish second behind Joao Almeida, and third on GC will be Adam Yates. Yeah, that's my pick. <laughs> that's that's what I I think too. To be honest, um, I think. Yeah, I think Almeida, it suits him really well. And you know you know what, Benji? You know why I think it suits him? It's because of all the intermediate sprints and how he's got a bit of punch. And if it is a matter of seconds here or there, which with these two climbs and the easy stages, these guys can't generally get massive gaps. And given that, okay, say, say Yates puts 40 seconds into Almeida on the, uh, on the main, the first the big day, the first big climb, yeah. And then Almeida puts 15, 20 back into him in the TT. There's 20 seconds. And then say Almeida beats him in the uh, sprint at the end of the third, the second climb, takes back another five seconds in bonus or whatever. Now we're at, oh, quick mass struggling here, 15 seconds. Then you've got all these intermediate sprints, which, yeah, sure, he might get blown away. I don't know. But he's got a strong flat sprint train like Kaiser, Cadeno, Murku, Archbold, to uh, go after those extra seconds if he needs to. So that's why I like Almeida too, because he can get seconds in a variety of ways. The TT, the second climb I like for him, depending on how it shapes up, and the uh, the bonus seconds on offer. Whereas I think Yates, a little bit more one-dimensional, you're going to have to get them on the, uh, on the climbs. And that's how he won last year. Pogaccia, yeah, he's a favourite for good reason. He's... All around probably should win. And listen, if you don't act like you guys picked Almeida, um, how did how could you pick him over Pagacha? Like we know, so don't add us if Pagacha wins. Uh, we're just trying to let you know something that might happen. And yeah, it's preseason. Pagacha didn't win every single stage race he did last year either. Um, but what about what about some hot takes for? Uh, Someone to come top five or top three on GC, Benji. Not necessarily a prediction, but something that might happen that wouldn't surprise you. I think Caruso, top top eight. Let's bet on uh, uh, three Bahrain riders, top ten. That's my prediction. 
Whew, that's pretty sick. I um, <laughs> I think I'm going to shout more in the direction of a surprise sprint. I think Minali's going to top five at sprint stage. Okay. And I think that's my hot take for this one. I, I'm not sure I have a hot take ready for like GC. Higita's pretty good early season. Higita could genuinely win on Jais. Fuck it. Yeah. Higita wins on Jais. <laughs> I think Mulberger will do better than any Bora GC guy. Hmm, okay. So, see how he goes there. He beat Conrad in the TT last year, but it's an uphill TT, but I think Mulberger could go pretty nicely at Movistar. Might be wrong, probably will be. But that's our, I think that's, you know, UAE Tour preview. I don't have much, too much else to say. As you can tell, pretty excited about it, uh, even though it is a pretty simple race. But in that sense, it, these races are really necessary and I like them in that Benji, you can really get a sense of who is the best sprinter. There's no like, oh, well, there was this hill beforehand and that messed <laughs> up the race. It's like, if you win three of the four stages here and then you keep doing well in the Grand Tours, then it's a pretty strong argument you're the best sprinter. And if you absolutely smoke the other riders on the on the climbs, then you're like, yeah, he's a top, top climber. Uh, so that's what, that's what I really like about these stages. Now, it's not actually very exciting racing until the end is the only is the main is the main problem. <laughs> but uh, some of the some of the clients, particularly the first one on stage, uh, what is it four, three even Jabal Hafid struggling here, is um, that's actually a pretty good climb to watch. There should be attacks there. One would think, although I would have put it second because I don't know people might be less inclined to go for broke. If they think they've got Jabal Jais coming in two stages, but yeah, what what are your last thoughts on UAE Tour Benji? A bit underrated. I know we like people like to meme about the lack of spectators. Yeah, that, that's a huge meme for it, but I still think that it's a very fun race to watch. It's a, a first indicator of what we can expect throughout the season, and it's yeah. Some people don't like it because UAE has its history and its current ongoing political situations, but. I um I very much enjoy the race in the cycling aspect of it and I look forward to seeing the sprint stages because like you mentioned that's that's the ones I'm most looking forward to in the OE tour even if that doesn't really make sense sometimes. So uh yeah, I look forward to seeing a, a nice race and therefore we kicked off our first proper race of the season. Thanks to Lacole for supporting the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast. Go and check them out. Check out their stuff on their Instagram or on their website. Link in the video description down below. And we'll see you, obviously, forgot to mention, we'll be bringing out stage recaps of every single one of the UAE tour stages. So make sure you check them out. They'll be dropping a oh, couple of hours, if not sooner, after the conclusion of each UAE tour stage. Although I haven't checked the time zones, so I'm now very scared. That's all from us. Ciao.